Blog Talk Radio. Despite what people may have thought after three weeks of no show, we just sort of do when we feel like it. <laughs> That's right. That's, nice. That's That's what getting old is all about, doing it only when you feel like it. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Larry, I, you know, um, though we haven't had Tipping Point for a while, we have a big one tonight in honor we of do. the uh, Wild Side Reunion show that's coming up soon. Who is our guest tonight, please? Our guest tonight is one of my favorites from the Wild Side era, one of the most renowned wrestlers from the Wild Side era. He held all the titles at various times. The one and only Corey Chavis, at that time known as Rain Man, will be our guest tonight. Yes, we're in the season for uh, the closing out the, the big shows of the summer, I guess you could say, with, with the Wild Side's reunion show and then Sacred Ground the following oh my week. Goodness. So we got the Wild Side reunion on the 9th, Sacred Ground on the 16th, and we're going to do a series of shows here uh, talking about those two big events. It's going to be the focus. I can put it out now that next week we have Luke Hawks, as, oh wow! As a guest, uh, known during the Wild Side era as Alter Boy Luke, will be joining yes. us uh, next week. So that should be most a most interesting character and controversial character. It speaks his mind, Mister Luke Hawks. Will be that here. is awesome stuff. And can you believe it, Larry? Sacred Ground is coming up on the sixteenth, and that will be the first show that I have been to at PCW since. Last year's Sacred Ground. I actually uh, made yeah. it a year without coming back. Well, you so. know, I was going to ask. I didn't even know if you were going to be there for this one. I'm glad to hear that you are. So that's that's. Oh, wonderful. that's the plan. Most definitely, yes. You know, the plan was to sort of go away and let people clearly understand that it wasn't mine, that I wasn't running it, I wasn't having anything to do with it, and that kind of thing. And uh, I think that's been successfully accomplished. And now I can go back and sort of see how it's grown and changed. I'm very excited. Um, You know, in fact, the main event of the next PCW show, the go-home show, if you will, do you know what it is, Larry? I do not. (laughs) It is Gunnar Miller teaming with G. Bailey against Bill the Butcher, who will be uh, competing for the PCW title at Sacred Ground, and the Carpenter. And uh, which, yes, whichever team wins gets to have their manager at ringside. Whatever team loses does not get to have their manager at ringside. Oh, damn. Well, if if, if it turns out that I am in town this weekend, I'm going to have to check that out. Going to have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please. What were we going to say? I was just going to say the other the other thing of this season that comes to mind, which I I think I'm going to have to miss this year, is Dragon Con. The annual Dragon Con show is is of course now been moved to Thursday nights and will take place uh, two nights from now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's always a interesting event to say the least. <laughs> mhm. Always a great chance for a lot of people to see wrestling that normally don't get to see it the building is always full and it's such a great 
location. Hopefully being on Thursday night doesn't hurt them too much. I guess we will wait and see. Yeah, it but, it uh, didn't seem to last year. They still did quite well last year running on Thursday. So uh, hopefully that, that holds true again this year. So, um, you know, I did want to uh, dedicate this uh, show to uh, one of my uh, – uh, childhood best friends who was one of the first guys I started going to wrestling with back when we were about no, oh, I don't know, twelve years old, thirteen years old. Wow. His name was his name was Wally Thorne, and uh, he uh, uh, we grew up in Morton Grove, Illinois. And when I was when I was up in Chicago a couple of weeks back, I decided you know I found that he he'd been out of touch a while, but he was still living up there. So I thought, well, I'm going to go by his house and. Uh, I did, and the house looked deserted. I said, this is odd. So I went up to the door, and on the door was a sign posted on there, sealed by the Cook County Department of Public Administration. I thought, well, that doesn't sound good. So I did a little researching and came across an article that ran in the Chicago Tribune and made the news there. Turns out that uh, my buddy was found dead in his house, um, along with his 96-year-old mother. Oh my goodness! They were both found. They both died uh, in that house, and this was this. They died around Christmas of last year. No wonder I didn't get a no wonder I didn't get a Christmas card from him. And the coroner estimates they'd been in there for 45 days. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, so, it, it's I mean, in this world where everybody's kind of connected electronically, yeah. the, the flip of that is if you're not in that world, you could disappear and literally no one would know about it. Right? <laughs> like exactly. if you're not online all the time and – Incommunicado, right. then, yeah. Wow. Right, and he wasn't a big he wasn't a big Facebook. I mean, he had a Facebook page, but he didn't do a lot of social media stuff. Every once in a while, I'd see him on there, but that wasn't really what he he didn't he wasn't into that stuff. And I kind of lost touch with him, like I say, over the last year. And the the what one of the things that struck me on the news report. They talked to a neighbor and said, yeah, well, you know, we were kind of wondering because the mail was piling up and we hadn't seen anybody moving around. Uh, and the cars didn't. The car didn't seem to be moving. And they said in the news report, "Well, they've been living there for ten, you know, ten years." Well, mm. Steve, these people have been living there for sixty years. But you know, that's like the the anonymity. You know, just like nobody knew. Nobody knew. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, it was kind of a weird trip home in that way. You know, I hadn't really had any. Uh, a, a close childhood friend like that pass away, and to find out that he passed away under those circumstances. Mm. Oh, that's tough, Larry. I'm sorry. Uh, it's so. What's what's the time that you can remember when you were 12 or so? What? Who's somebody that you guys both sort of adored when you'd go to wrestling? Oh, oh, that's an easy one. The Bruiser mm-hmm. and the Crusher. The Bruiser and the Crusher. <laughs> we. We were in the Chicago Amphitheater when Bruiser and Crusher beat Ray Stevens and Nick Bockwinkle to win the Ooh. AWA World Titles, and that place went crazy. That's one of the I'll never forget that night. Yeah, so that's an easy one. That's pretty pretty awesome. Uh, you know, nothing says I'm from the Chicago slash Minneapolis. Like nothing says that like Bruiser and Crusher. Um, that's right. Certainly. So right. maybe right. You, maybe you need to buy maybe you need to buy a stogie for your friend and chomp away at it and dance a polka yeah. with a big fat lady <laughs> carrying a uh, carrying a keg of beer. <laughs> so uh, 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 enough morbidity onto the more uh, uh, recent things. I you know I did go to ROH um, in Atlanta this weekend, which was as always a good wrestling show. Um, it just. Um, I just don't see them like going anywhere. I mean, I enjoy the show. The wrestling's great, yeah. but I, it's just sort of like, you know. It's, I was struck by your report, which you should always read Larry's reports of shows, of course. Um, but uh, one thing that struck me was if you just lined up 
the names of the guys that were on that show, it's amazing the level of turnover that Ring of Honor has. Where I, I mean, it's not that I don't recognize a lot of the names, but there are names that in a different time, it would have taken longer to sort of get to the middle or upper part of that card. But now they're constant. I mean, I almost get the feeling it's like they're bailing out a boat that sprung a number of leaks, you know, and they're just having to throw guys in there, you know, like cheeseburger is in a opening match that lasts more than 10 minutes. Like, and I know that sounds really mean, but what I mean by that is, uh, the the difference between the times of the opening match and the main event was like a minute. And yeah. Yeah. there was a time where Ring of Honor sort of would indulge itself with these sort of lengthy matches that went back and forth, but they still had those elements. But I was surprised at like how many names that people would consider Ring of Honor people aren't there anymore. And their champion is Cody Rhodes. And while he's a great talent, he's certainly no, nobody that you would associate with ring of honor, but now he's, he's their guy. And I, I just find it really interesting, you know, with the Cole, Adam Cole and, you know, the red dragon showing up in NXT and boy, I, I mean, I definitely get whiffs of sort of ECW at the point where, they did become a farm league for the WWF and WCW and ring of honor really feels like much the same. Like a couple of names that I noted on that report, one was Kenny King. I was there, I was having dinner with Gary Juster when the thing about Kenny King ditching ring of honor to go to TNA came out and I just and I remember like Gary Juster's face who's Gary Juster is a very even-tempered guy which is one of his secrets of sort of surviving in the wrestling business but even he was like great you know like he just couldn't get over the fact that Kenny King had sort of ditched them and the tag titles to go work for TNA and I certainly got the impression that it was like we're, we would like Kenny King is done as far as Ring of Honor is concerned, but yet there he is. You know, oh, <laughs> like I just think being like, pushed, yeah. being mm-hmm. pushed, going over page clean. Which, by the way, I, I don't know if you ever heard Jim Cornette's rant on Kenny King's leaving uh, Ring of Honor, but you haven't. If you haven't, it's worth listening to. It's tremendous. But yeah, he's he's getting pushed. It's just the sense that they're running in place, and they've got these people that are they're stars to their audience, and their audience loves them. But beyond that audience, they don't mean anything. Um, yeah, give me an give me an example. Oh well, I, I mean, you know, Marty Skrull, they went nuts for Marty Skrull. But I mean, mm-hmm. and I think Marty Skrull is a great talent. But except for the hardcore, smart mark fans, they don't. Who's Marty Skrull? What does he mean to anybody who just happens to pass him by on TV for any reason? You know, I mean, he, he doesn't mean anything. Um, as, as, great, as great of a talent as he is and as great of a character as he is. One of the things that Ring of Honor always did really well, and it's sort of a, a throwback to ECW, because, I mean, when you do the math of how long Ring of Honor has been around, um, Ring of Honor sort of came out of the sort of ashes of ECW in many ways. So, you know, it was like an East Coast phenomenon and all this kind of stuff. Um, and one of the things that ring of honor is not known for as much anymore, but to me that I always thought of ring of honor was when they would have a promo promo segments between their stars, they always injected, um, reality into them is one of the things I kind of appreciated about ring of honor. So if you had Kevin Owens going against Davey Richards, for example, you know, Davey was sort of given the green light to say what he really thought about Kevin Owens, or at least make it appear that way. You know, so he would just go like, you're not the right guy to be in charge of this company, you know, blah, 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 you're a maverick. Blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, Kevin Owens would say like, you know, you know, you think the way your matches are, and, and it would just sort of skirt that line. And I was thinking of that strangely when I was watching the John Cena, Roman Reigns, quote unquote shoot promo. First of all, if, if you're a wrestling fan that thinks that that thing wasn't green lighted, 
I don't know what to say about you in 2017. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say about the smart mark fan that's so easily worked, where it's like, clearly, you know, there might be aspects of that thing that weren't spelled out, but clearly they were both given the sort of directive of, we're going to give you some room to say what you want to say. And, yeah. Uh, but that doesn't make it any less interesting. And the fact that it's turned up, on my Facebook feed number of times from different people indicates that if, I don't know if you could call it a success, but at least I can say it's gotten people talking. Well, and it shows how tame wrestling has become that, because I mean, that wasn't like, like super edgy or anything. He used the word, you know, no. basically, you know, he got on him about cutting a crappy promo, but I mean, it wasn't anything like way out there. Um, you know, in, in a shoot in a shoot realm at all, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I couldn't. The part I couldn't get over was then doing that and then throwing him in a tag match. Let's just let's <laughs> like just I said, it's a, all the chapters go from the first chapter of the book to the last chapter of the book in ten minutes. It is amazing how, as much as when you invoke his name and inspires negative feelings, how Russo's legacy is so intertwined with the WWE that they do things without even realizing that they're Russoisms. I mean, the the wacky mismatched tag team partners thing was a complete Russo thing. My yeah. God, did he love that. If, you know, if Shawn Michaels is taking on Stone Cold at WrestleMania 14, by God, they're going to team up. And not only are they going to team up, they're going to win the tag titles. Like, I guess that, that remains to be seen if they go that far. Because it's not well, truly the Russo wacky mismatch tag team unless you win the tag titles and are forced I to defend them like together. I didn't like it when Russo did it, and I don't like it anymore now to, to see that kind of booking i just don't get it you know and of course what, what more can they do to gallows and anderson these poor guys Yay, mm. just. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i wonder when they're i know they're making good money there but uh i hope their contracts are up soon and they can do something more productive with their time than no, I, mean, I know. You know, I mean, they're getting good paychecks. So I guess what can I, what, what can you say about that? But, you know, if you if you compile a list of who they've lost to in the last two years, I think it would even be sadder than you think it is, Larry. They lost to um, Seth Rollins two on one. They lost to. I mean, they're maybe the only people who ever lost to Enzo and Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, our guest has arrived. Oh, please give him a proper introduction. We're joined now by one of the greats of NWA Wildside, former NWA Wildside heavyweight champion, tag team champion, TV champion, the one and only... Rain Man, a.k.a. Corey Chavis, welcome to The Tipping Point. Hello, fellas. How are you guys? Doing good, man. Doing good. I, I'm, it's me, Stephen, Corey. Uh, I got to say, I, I think I might have told this to you when I met you here in Florida, mm-hmm. but it bears repeating. Um, Jeff G. Bailey <clears throat> was mm-hmm. what, one time I was one of the first times I was at his house. And so he's, you know, showing me, showing me footage of different things. And I was like, oh, you know, show me something from Wildside that maybe I haven't seen before. And he showed me the tag match of you and Azrael against Tank and Iceberg. (laughs) It was so fucking ridiculous. It was so awesome. And I mean, you hitting the freaking spine splitter on God knows what was on the ring. I mean, Larry, this thing was insane. And then, you know, and then Izzy, um, Azriel's like lighting his boot and kicking people in the face. And you guys beat them. Like, I just remember getting so wrapped up in the match. And I'm like, well... This is so great, but certainly they're not going to win. Like, because it's fucking taking Iceberg in their prime. They're just big, scary dudes. 
and you guys won. And I just remember that feeling of like, holy shit. And then <laughs> Tank and Iceberg cut this great promo after the match where they're bleeding all over. And all, all, all Tank is doing is going, they're <gasps> <gasps> so mad that they lost. And I was like, God, that feeling that Wildside had. Here, uh, Here's the question. Yeah. So what when if if somebody said, you know, like your legacy in NWA Wildside, what would you consider what would you think people would remember most about you as Rain Man from that time? I mean, I think I think my legacy would be I, I was just a guy that I mean, listen, that that company went through a lot of ups and a lot of downs and I think that I was I was one of the very few that they could depend on, you know, like, like, you know, I, I was always going to be there regardless. I don't care, you know, what else I was doing. I don't care where else I was going. I was always going to be there. And I think that was my legacy. You know, any, anything that needed to be done in that building, anything that has been done was probably done by or involved involving me. So that's, that's just how I got to be remembered, man, you know. <laughs> Seeing the uh, seeing you um, seeing Jeff G Bailey cut promos uh, with you guys. What's what's something that you learned from Jeff? Because that, that was relatively early in your career, right? Like, and and you right. know, lots of guys have learned lots of different things from any any number of people that are there. Bill Barons, you know, Steve, and like and that kind of thing. But what's something specifically you learned from Jeff when you guys had to cut those just blisteringly great promos? That was the thing, man. Like when I, you know, when, I, when we got to Wildside, I had only been in the business a few years, so I was still really green. And you know, I was, I was basically a tag. I was basically murder, you know, murder one's tag along. And <clears throat> I, you know, hit, learning everything that I did from him, and then and then being around Jesse Bailey as far as promos go, you know, I learned how I learned. Uh, he, like no, no one, no one captivates people like Jeff. Like. It doesn't matter what he's gonna say. People are gonna stop and just listen. He's got that. He's got that it factor when it comes to when it comes to you know cutting promos and getting people over. And one thing that I learned about him is just is just how to how to focus and channel any kind of injury that it, like energy that you have into that promo because that's you know that that's what people have to pay attention to. And nobody can do that like Jeff. I mean, I tried, but I just I, I can't do that like Jeff. So. One thing I learned is how to how to channel any kind of energy that you have into making that promo what it's supposed to be. I mean, he was he was an energetic. He was a seriously like just just being around him like, you know, before before we even started you know any kind of promo, just being around him. He's a really energetic guy, and when he gets mm-hmm. that mic in his hand, you know, when he gets that mic in his hand, it all goes right into that microphone, and you can you know just just standing close to him, you can feel it. You can like feel it all happening, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Larry, please. Um, I'm thinking back. Do, do I remembering correctly that you're when you and Rain when you and uh, Murder came in as Blackout, that right. your first night in you faced total destruction. Randy Riddle and in uh, uh, Royal Strong Royal. Is that right? Do I remember that correctly? Yes. Yes, that was our. Um, <clears throat> actually, Murder. Uh, that, that was TV. That was for uh, like a TV taping. The night before, um, it was like at a you know like at a Friday night show. I don't; those weren't televised or recorded or anything. But mm-hmm. um, the night before that, uh, Murder One wrestled uh, Jimmy Rave. It's kind of like a kind of like a trial match. <clears throat> and at that point, like you know, once that match happened, I mean that match wasn't going to be bad. So you know, once that match happened, you know, I, I was you know I was just sitting around in the locker room, and uh, Bill Barron just came in and was like, hey. You know, we need you guys. We need you guys here for tomorrow night. We had no idea where we were going. We just it was like, oh, <laughs> we just here for tomorrow night. So you know, just be here. And we were like, cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, first match was first match was uh, Rusty and Sean. Man, Rusty Riddle, Sean Royal. And let, let me just say, after that match, nobody thought we were coming back. I didn't <laughs> know. <laughs> we were back. Oh, these 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 poor guys. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what it was when I when I was I was standing on the apron at one point and Murder One went to rake Sean Royals Sean Royals in the eyes and Sean Royals completely no sold it. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna no. be that kind of a night. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they were those kind of guys, you know. They just kind of did yeah, whatever the yeah. hell they wanted to do. They were hammered. They rode to the shows on their motorcycles in their right. gear because their gear was their motorcycle gear. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating on that one. No, and no, they, no. They showed up. They didn't go in the locker room. They sat in the parking lot and drank beer until they heard their music. They heard their music. They went to the ring and they left. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Steve, Steve, he is not exaggerating. They stand out. I'm not exaggerating. And, Those and guys they, have never been they, inside a wild side locker room, as far as no, I know. No, no. And they, they, I went out there. They said, "Hey, you want to try some? This is deer meat jerky." So you'd be yeah. drinking beer and eating deer meat jerky out in the parking lot, waiting for their music. <laughs> yep. And when they hear their music, they they go, they go in the ring. Usually about what I don't know, five minutes. Act. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they would come out and they would drink some beers, you know, with some guys in the parking lot, and then they'd get on the motorcycles and leave before the show was over. That's what they did. <laughs> Corey, so, Corey, you know, I've had the a good fortune of seeing you and like John Davis working out here in Florida. And right. it's clear that, you know, you guys are consummate pros, and, you know, you can see that like it factor you're talking about all over the place. Um, right. When you go back to this, when you go to Wildside and you're going to be in that building again, and Rick Michaels has done such a good job of sort of refurbishing. Yes. I mean, they have a lighting rig. I don't, I don't yeah. think you'll even recognize the place, honestly. And but who are you looking forward to seeing? Maybe somebody you haven't seen in a hell of a long <laughs> time that's going to be there. Like I know for Jeff, I think seeing Big Biz is something he's really oh, looking forward to because he's not seen Biz literally since Wildside ended. Who's who's going to tell me? People is you're Biz going to be there? Because that's going to that big. Listen, yeah, I big Biz is big apparently Biz there. Brown. Oh my God, that is going to that's it for me. That, my night will be made. Listen, I'm 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 glad I'll be able to see you know Adam Jacobs and you know Rev Rev uh, Dan Wilson and hopefully Steve Prezak. Those guys are great. But if I see Big Business Brown, I'm probably going to. Listen, that guy's awesome. That guy was one of my favorite people ever. So, yeah. so, so, for, so for those who have not experienced Big Biz, can you enlighten us about this, the specialness of Big Biz at all? He's a high roller, Larry. Listen, this guy, <clears throat> upon meeting him, I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, Larry. You, I'm sure you probably know this one too. This guy literally drove us, me, Murder One, and a few other guys to Tampa, I mean that was that was that was my first taste of like living like a like a superstar, you know what I mean? This guy like we didn't spend any money, this guy paid for everything. You know, we stayed at his condo or you know, somewhere in Tampa, somewhere like on the beach or whatever. That guy's a high roller, man. That guy's awesome. And he's one and he's legit one of the nicest, you know, listen, usually guys like that are are complete D-bags, but he's literally one of the nicest people that you can ever meet. You know, he he just he doesn't have a bad bone in his body at all. He's just an awesome dude. Mm. Hey, I got to <laughs> ask you about uh, your we, – and we've talked about this on this show before, but about your feud with Rick Michaels and that yeah. unbelievable bloodbath you guys had that night. Talk, talk a little bit about that to us, please. Man, I mean, <clears throat> the way that uh, – I, I believe that was, that was Holy Wars, War Games Holy Wars. And um, that that's how everything started, man. Like it's just the way the way that whole match came together was kind of weird because it was supposed to be a traditional, you know, five on five war game, and we had a couple of guys quit Wildside at that time who were in in the war games. Um, I think it was Jason Cross was one of the guys in Murder One. Um, he had to stop, you know, wrestling there to go do some other things. So. <clears throat> the way the match came about was weird. It was almost like it, it was meant to happen because at that point it was changed from a tag match to like a gauntlet style, like a gauntlet, yeah. pretty much a gauntlet, a gauntlet style cage, like a gauntlet style match, but just inside of a cage. And I mean, once, you know, once I, once I came in, man, and like stood across from Rick Michaels, man, you could just feel like the electricity and <clears throat> it was, it was probably the bloodiest, the, the bloodiest match I've ever been a part of. I remember, I remember seeing people like in the first and second row, man, just covered in blood. Like, you know, people, people were saying they could smell it and 
some some people had it like splashed on him, man. Like Rick Michaels really went, he went all out that night, and you know every everybody in that cage did. And um, after that, man, it just, just you know we they just got the idea to you know hey maybe you know Rayman and Rick Michaels they worked pretty well together. I was still relatively unknown at that point because you know I was you know we were basically still black out at that point. But um, <clears throat> like I said earlier, Murder One had just left, so I was still relatively you know, unknown still in the company. Just kinda like like a you know, like a mid car, lower mid car guy, but like once 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 me and Rick Michaels got, you know, start tangling, man, like that I think that's the feud that like everybody started noticing, all right, this guy can stand on his own and do his own thing without murder one, you know. They're awesome as a tag team, but this guy, you know, this Rain Man guy, he can he can do this, you know, let's let's get behind him and I think everybody did and I think <clears throat> that's um you know, I, I I can only thank Rick Michaels for that. That guy, that guy, pretty much made who I am. And I'll, every time I talk to him, I always tell him that. So. Yeah, and and I mean, Rick is Corey. How weird is it? I'm just thinking about all this Wild Side reunion. So Rick Michaels is booking the show. Right. Bill Barons is going to be there with Steve, and I think the three of them are doing some panel at like 11 in the morning. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's fucking crazy, right? Like, I I think I, for people that don't know sort of the history that built, you know, they they're doing Friday night shows again, right? Right, right. The NCW, it's so nuts that like you know with Rick Michaels, which is sort of well documented, like his problems, and then he kind of right. came back, and then he's made good, and now he's the owner. And like fixing yeah. that building up, and and I mean, there's a brand new ring, all this stuff. Like, what's something though that even with all the changes and all that, what what made Wildside its own unique entity? I mean, a wrestling group is a wrestling group is a wrestling group, but there really does right. seem to be this feel that Wildside was something special, kind of a moment in time. What do you, if you had to boil yeah. that down? to a couple of things, what made Wildside so special and why would this reunion show, why should it matter really? You know, I mean, I, me personally, man, I think I don't want to sound cliche. Or I don't want to sound like the ultimate baby face or nothing, <laughs> you know, but like to me, I think the people, I, I, I think the, I think the fans of, of that area made that place what it is because, you know, Listen, they they brought a they brought like an energy, man, that like everybody could, that that everybody could feel. So like once you came out of that, came out of the curtains, and you know you get inside the ring, man, it's like it's like you escape you escape reality for a while, and you're just it's almost like you're on top of the world when you're inside of that ring in that building. And um, to to me, like and and, and you know with that that made the that made the wrestlers perform harder, and like everybody around that was you know that was watching it around, even like even like the the wrestlers who came in. You know, who, the guys who weren't a part of, like, the main roster who just came in, they even, they even you know, picked up on how how great this, this, this place was, this little, like, small building in, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. It's like, you know, you, you got wrestlers from around the world who've been there, man, and, like, <clears throat> because, you know, they wanted to be a part of something special. And I think the root of all that was the people that we performed in front of because without them, we would have just been guys, you know, jumping around on camera for, you know, people around the world to see, but that live audience is what, it's what made it, you know, a strong product to put out in front of the world, you know? You know, that, that is such a great point about that building and the fans there, because there, what, there is an energy in there when that place yes. gets full, it's this very small space and it gets, it's a crazed energy when it gets really, really full. And it's amazing to me. I mean, the, the, the first time I went there, I've said this before on here too, but when, when I went up for the first show, I drove past it and had mm-hmm. to drive back. I thought, that can't possibly be. They can't right. possibly have <laughs> wrestling in that little tiny place. I mean, you got to be kidding right. me. But, but yeah, but yeah I mean, it's got an energy, it's, energy all its own for sure. I don't I don't know what it I don't know what it was, man. Like it was it's just unexplainable, man. Like <clears throat> you know, I always even though that wasn't the first place I, I wrestled, I always call that my home, man, just because, you know, that's the place that it without that, like so many of so many guys wouldn't have like you know, 
you can kind of say, like, you know, without that place, man, a lot of the guys like the, the AJ Styles and, you know, people like that, they, they you know, you may not have known who they were if it wasn't for that place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you said, a lot of huge stars came out of there. You know, Crush, um, uh, sorry, R-Truth, you know, yeah. you, Murder, AJ Styles, just any number of guys. Who's somebody that that never made it bigger, but that you have, like, a lot of fond memories of? Like, oh, that guy had it. But then, you know, <clears throat> may have stopped for any number of reasons, right? Maybe he got hurt. Maybe he just got married. Maybe, you know, real life gets in the way of this stuff sometimes. Who's somebody that you're like, I, I kind of thought that that guy had a shot of doing something bigger, but then he didn't. Um, I get hands down, Jason Cross, man. Like, yeah, listen, it, I, I, I met Jason Cross before, before wild side, before we got to, before I got to wild side, I think even before Jason Cross got to wild side. Um, as a matter of fact, I think one of, I think my first match ever, um, kind of an unofficial match but it was on a show that jason cross was running and making in 1998 and it, it, it just seems like like talent wise man he always had it like from date like from the second i met him it was like the first time you see the guy in the ring it's like man what what can't he do it was like it, it reminded me of the first time i saw aj styles in the ring you know there's nothing this guy can do like can't do like he can do anything and um i just thought that just with his whole like you know, with his whole demeanor and his whole persona and his whole, you know, skill set and his talent, I thought Jason Cross was going to be, you know, on Monday nights, you know, regularly. I don't know what happened, but, I mean, you know, it, it definitely wasn't because of talent because, you know, he he had all the talent. But I don't know what happened, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to assume it was, you know, real life got in the way, you know, things happen. So, Larry, do you he, know what happened? I think that's pretty much what, what Corey said is that life life things happened with um, Jason that, that yeah. took him away from wrestling for a while. And then, of course, he did come back. And, uh, um, yeah. you know, he, he was one of the ones who started Rampage. You yeah. Know, that was, that was, that oh, was wow. Jason. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. It, you know, when you started talking about him, Corey, it reminded me of the mirror image feud with him and AJ, with him imitating AJ's – Oh God! It was that was amazing, and he could do it. He could do all the stuff. And see, that's that like like that's the that's when we when we started, you know, first coming to Wildside, you know, Blackout. <clears throat> that's the era that was going on, like the, the deal with Jason Cross and uh, the, you know, the deal with Jason Cross and, and AJ Styles, and the deal with Stone Mountain and 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 Prince Justice. Like, these are the things that we came in the wild side, you know, looking at, like, sitting in the back looking at the monitor, like, man, we got to be up here with these guys, like, every show. You know, we have to be. Those are, you know, they, they, they made it what it was, man. Like, so, and that, that, that Jason Cross and AJ feud, was, it, that was probably, to me, my most memorable feud that didn't involve me. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I always thought, you know, wild side was special as well because – Guys who literally sat in the stands and watched those shows often comprised the next generations of guys at Anarchy. And then a lot of the fans who watched Anarchy became wrestlers in turn themselves. Like, you know, I think of like a guy like Strychnine or Jacob Ashworth and guys like that. Um, who's, who's somebody, this is like a little off the beaten path. Who's, who's somebody you remember mm-hmm. watching and wrestling before you became a wrestler and you were like, and they you not necessarily patterned your career after them or something like that, but somebody who definitely right. grabbed your attention that you watched. <clears throat> well, for me, like I, I know, I knew at some point that I would be a wrestler from the second, like my, my earliest memories of watching TV was turning on wrestling man. And like, I think the first person I ever saw was the great Kabuki. Oh man. Um, yeah. He kicked uh, uh, some jobbers like as bad. Like, Oh, and then he like hit, you know, he hits him with this green miss and it was like nothing I've ever seen. I was like, man, this is awesome. And that's, that's basically that it was that. And it was, um, uh, Wahoo McDaniel getting forked in the, in the eye by Abdul the butcher. <laughs> and that, and that made me want to, that, that, I, I think I immediately ran and told my mom like I was going to be a pro, pro wrestler at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Quick question, Corey: Was that the era when uh, when Kabuki was in with Gary Hart in in Atlanta? Yes, 
just to eat. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Kabuki scared the Kabuki. shit out of me when I was a kid. Excuse my language, but like he scared the crap out of me when I was a kid, man. Like, so I, I was like, you know, I, I wanted to be that guy that scared people like, like Kabuki, you know. <clears throat> <laughs> what's what's the scariest thing you ever did at Wildside? <laughs> when did you get to your Kabukiness? Like, what what's something you remember going like, oh man, like the the audience is definitely the fans are definitely kind of eating this up, and I got them in the palm of my hand as far as there just being two, scary, intimidating guy. I tell you, man, there was two incidences, man. One of them I got suspended for. Um, <laughs> we were. <laughs> Uh, we were, you know, we were having a match. It was some, it, 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 it spilled outside. I want to say it was me and Iceberg against someone. I don't remember who. I, I just remember it was, it was uh, we were against the Lost Boys. No, it was. I'm sorry, it was Blackout versus the Lost Boys. And um, it kind of spilled outside. I don't think it was a match. I think it was just a fight. And we were just kind of like fighting outside of the outside of the arena, and the whole crowd was out there. And then all I know is I felt somebody touch me on my shoulder, and I turned around and punched him. And it was and it was Bill Barron. <laughs> uh, uh, Corey, I believe that you've struck me uh, on my face, and uh, <laughs> well, you know, um, well, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, I, 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 you know, listen, where I'm from, if you touch me on my back, I don't. It, it, Listen, and and I've already got I'm already my timbers already flaring because I got to you know drag Azrael and Gabriel around the parking lot and I don't know who the person is touching me on my back but you caught one for it so and it, and it happened to be Bill Barron's I got to spend the you know it is what it is I took I took a couple of shows off um and then there there, there was another time there was another time where uh, if I'm not mistaken it was uh I don't remember the match. But I do remember that we were getting ready to drag Tank. Uh, we were getting ready to drag Tank out of the parking lot by with uh with the Durant with my Durango that I was driving at the time. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, we dragged Tank out, and uh, I you know we had him hooked up or whatever, and crowd of course was outside because you know that that awesome coordinated crowd they followed you outside because they knew they knew you know someone's about to jump off if 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 we're going outside so. Um, and yeah, we, we tried to drag tank with the, uh, with my Durango and it didn't work out well. Total destruction kind of thwarted that plan, but that was, that was, that was a pretty racy like that time, man, because you know, of all the stuff that was going on. So, <clears throat> you know, that yeah. one, that one, I'm pretty sure at some point that one got us in, in, in a lot of hot water or something, you know, <laughs> but Jeff, Jeff always gets us out of trouble. So, you know how that goes. <laughs> oh come on! You can't get mad at them for that. <laughs> that's wrestling. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty spot on, right there. You touch yeah. the man, Bill. Yeah. Bill, you touch the man on his shoulder, Bill. You know how it is. <laughs> you didn't have to touch that man on his shoulder, Bill. <laughs> man on his shoulder. That is my black athlete. You don't understand. If you touch one of my black Superman. <laughs> oh, oh. Speaking of the black Superman, a guy who never who was an icon in that building and never really was known that much outside that building. Uh, Corey, your thoughts on Onyx? Oh boy, man! Yeah, that's another one who like that's another guy who like. <clears throat> listen, as soon as you see him, you're like, all right, this guy. You know, as a wrestler, you're another wrestler, and you're looking at this guy. You're like, all right, that's the prototypical wrestler right there. Like, <laughs> he's a proto. He's, the guy was like an action figure. Like how yeah. how, did, how he didn't end up on every Monday or Thursday night, I have no idea. Did that guy um, not have su- superhuman strength for his size? Dude, he bought he. What was it? Power slam, iceberg off the second rope. Yeah. In war games. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Like, who, who can do that? Huh? Since you ask, Onyx can do it because I saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> yeah, he's he's one of those guys. He's he's another one of those guys that you know you. I don't know how he didn't get you know further than he did, but he, he and he's another he's another one that's super awesome, man. Like 
Um, I don't know if you guys know, but Onyx and Onyx and myself are former Combat Zone Tag Team Champions. Oh. Yes, we are. We held the belt for, I want to say, three, about three or four months or something like that. Nice. Yep. So you've you've wrestled, I mean, Corey, you've wrestled a lot of different places. I mean, like I said, I've had the good fortune of seeing you in a number of shows here in Florida. You and John Davis. I'm just a big John Davis fan. Like, oh, uh, you know, right. like when he popped up on like, you know, Impact or TNA had one of those right. one night only pay-per-views where he got a shot. And so he lost to MVP, but then he like m- murdered him after the match. And it was so cool. Yeah. And just like of all the places that you've worked, which one had sort of, I mean, no, no place is going to be the same as wild side, but what's a right. place that you wrestled later on in your career that you were like, all right, there's, there's some elements of this place that are similar to what you called your home wild side. Um, a couple there's a couple, man, like definitely, um, just as far as like locker room, like shenanigans, because, you know, we used to have a lot of fun in the locker rooms. Um, but just as far as, like, locker room shenanigans, man, and, like, and, like energy from the crowd, like, back in the day, like, old school IWA Mid-South, like, 2003, 2004, oh, 2005, wow. stuff like that. Yeah, man. Yeah. They, now, listen, that place was awesome. Like, that was – that place used to rock, man. Like, when they did the – when they did the Ted Petty tournaments and, and uh, you know, stuff up in Highlands, Indiana and stuff like that, man. They used to rock, man. Um, that was, that was, that place was really similar to wild side. And also, um, IPW down in Tampa, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, Tampa, Florida for, uh, what I, I think they, they did the, uh, was that the NWA 53rd anniversary there? Yeah. That was the first time yeah. we, that was the first time we went. Oh. Um, that's another place that now that place reminded me a lot of Wildside. Just everything about that whole like the locker room, the the size of the building, like like everything, like the the the, the locker room talent because there was a lot of talent in that locker room back in that day too, and a lot of a lot of guys that came through Wildside, like a lot of the bigger names that came through Wildside also came through um, IPW also. Um, that place was like a, that place was like a mirror image of Wildside just in a different city. Cool, Larry. Do you have yeah, a, do you have a final a great, question? No, that's a great comparison. Having gone down there for that yeah. show, yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Was that the show where they did this sort of like Georgia <laughs> invasion thing at the end? Mm, yes, we yeah. did. It. We 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 all ran in the cage, and it turned into complete. I don't I don't even know what happened. It was supposed to be one thing, and it didn't go the way it was supposed to go. Yeah, the Florida <laughs> fuckers wouldn't sell the beating, right? Those <laughs> bastards. Right. Like I, right. I read about it in Howard I read about it in Howard Brody's book. So then I asked Jeff about it. I'm like, did that shit and he's like, those motherfuckers, Ron Yemi and them couldn't shut the fuck up. They just you know had yeah. to get up and cut promos and blah blah blah. And I was like, Yeah <laughs> Yeah, it, it was yeah. supposed to be it was, it, was a, it was supposed to be one thing. We were supposed to leave uh leave leave them laying, but like I guess I guess Ron Nemi's guys weren't having that. They were like, see, I, I think that they weren't smart enough about it is what the problem was. So they thought it was kind of off the, off the cuff or whatever. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it turned into complete craziness. But I mean, that's a legendary thing. I mean, that's a legendary, the fact that I could recall it instantly having never seen it. Yeah. Um, you know, as soon as you said 53rd, I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Was that, so, was yeah. that you couple, you couple that with, uh, you couple that was, uh, I think that night was also, uh, Christopher Daniels and AJ yeah. and Hashimoto yes. and, uh, Steve Carino. Man, that yes. night was insane. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up. That was a great. That was an incredible night. That whole that well, we night was happening at NWA, y'all. Like that was one of the things Larry and I were going to talk about was like this sort of NWA new. I mean, I guess the three of us could touch on it. So basically, all of these licenses that the NWA has issued in the last few years, I guess in the, you know mm-hmm. in the uh, um, they they they're pulling them right because uh, Billy Corgan has purchased the NWA and they're going to go a completely different way. And right. I got to say, I know there's probably people who would get mad about me saying it's good fucking riddance. Like, I don't, you know, like there was a time where NWA 
carried a lot of weight, even, you know, even after the golden era or whatever, it right. still carried right. enough weight. But lately it was, you know, if you had a check for $500 that cleared the bank, you were NWA. And I don't know. I think you got to do something radical to give that thing a shot. Cause they're so far away from that yeah. 53rd anniversary show feel. And, uh, I don't know. Larry, what are, what are your thoughts? You wanted to talk about it. Like, what are your initial thoughts about everything going on with NWA? Well, I mean, I echo your thoughts that they were going nowhere with the licensees. That was a dead, that was a dead end street. Um, what I don't really get though, is what is Corgan going to do? Because there's no appetite for, if he's going to try to do TV, there's no appetite for that on cable television. To, to be able right. to sell it. So I just can't figure out what he is going to try to do that, that could possibly work. Not that what, what obviously what was, what they were doing wasn't working, but what is it he is going to do? I don't know. Corey, what are, what are your thoughts when you hear about all the NWA shenanigans going on? And I mean, there's a number of promotions in Florida that had an N- NWA letters on them that don't anymore. I mean, do you think it's going to really, do you think, do you think Corgan's thing is going to move the needle or that it has a chance to? Um, with all due respect to Corgan, I, I, you know, I'm not one to really, um, talk bad about, about anything, you know, any, any kind of endeavors that people have, but I think, I think personally, I think the NWA is too far gone, man. Um, just, just, you know, going back to when, when John and I were the tag champions, man, just a lot of the things Mm. that were going on behind the scenes, um, you know. Now don't get me wrong. It was it was it was an honor for 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 you know me to even be able to touch those belts, let alone hold them for you know two years. But like for it seems like almost a year, we couldn't we couldn't get anyone to even like we couldn't even get them to sanction a match. Like we had to go out and get our own matches. I I just think that like I just think personally the reputation of the NWA is just too far gone. I don't, I don't, Billy Corgan's gonna have to do some some brilliant stuff to bring it to bring it to even get it closer like you said to even get it close to the 53rd era like he's gonna have to do a lot man and it's been that that was in 2001 that reputation has been tarnished way since then yeah he's gonna have to do a lot man (laughs) i don't know i I mean more power to him i hope he i hope he you know for the sake of the boys and and the fans i want to see some good wrestling man and want to see something with some history attached to it i hope he can get it off the ground but i'm i'm not really optimistic about it honestly you know, I, I guess be, I can. See, yeah, certainly. I guess I can see him doing like if he wants to do a super indie uh, right. thing and have the NWA. Well, obviously there's there's room for that. Those are succeeding all over the country, and and that can be right. done. But I just don't see that he can do anything beyond that with it with, with the landscape as it is. If he's going to try to like anything like on a national level or anything like that, I, I just right. don't see how that could happen. I don't see it either. I saw that. I saw Dave. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say that you know he. I saw that uh, Corgan's got Dave Lagana with him, who was <laughs> there at TNA when Corgan got there, and uh, <laughs> who used to float around the WWE for a while as a writer and things like that. Um, I, I, I just yeah, like I mean, Corey, just like you're about to say, I'll just go ahead and step on your line. Like you know those three letters. It's yeah. it's hard to imagine rebranding that thing because if what you're going for is people who loved nwa like say in the crockett era like you're not going to get them right like you're not you have no chance of getting those people and then you have a generation that maybe doesn't even know what those letters mean except in sort of a historical context of like they hear nwa and they think oh yeah harley race luthez You know, and right. it's like that, that doesn't mean anything to somebody who's 21. So, right. Uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, that that's that's kind of where that's kind of where I was going too, man. Like, you know, the generation that watches that that's really into you know, diehard wrestling now. The, the NWA that they know is, you know, just this fledgling company that was, you know, you know, like a few years ago. That that's pretty that's pretty much all they know. They don't know about the history and the the Harley race era and the, you know, the, the territories and they don't know about that. So, you know, just, I think the stigma with those three letters now is just, is just unrepairable, man. It's interesting because, you know, in wild side, NWA wild side, 
One, you'd right. always have Jeff talking about the NWA elite, right? And how Wildside right. was the crown jewel of the National Wrestling Alliance. And you would have big shit happen, like AJ Styles would get a title shot at Sabu uh, right. when Sabu was NWA champion and things like that. What When you won the ta- tag titles, Corey, like uh, what – one obviously, you already said that it was it was a great honor to hold those tag belts because of right. who, who had held them before. I assume, but what's mm-hmm. what's something that I, I, this is going to be a really crazy question? So, mm-hmm. like when you held those tag titles, what's what were you thinking about? And then did you have any crazy thoughts? <laughs> like when you were holding those titles. So, cause I mean, I always ask that question of guys that have held the PCW title when I had it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, be honest with me. What's something crazy that you thought about as soon as you held that? T- cause we, you know, we changed that title <laughs> once a year, maybe. So winning the PCW title was a big deal. And guys would have all kinds of hilarious answers. Like they treated the thing like the Stanley cup, you know, it's just like, right. Oh man, I went home and I like poured a beer in it and drank out of it. Or, you know, it's like, I made sure I had it on next time I fucked. Like, just all kinds of crazy shit because of that title. With, with those tag titles, what were your thoughts having it? Hello? Hello? Hey, Larry. You think we think we lost Corey? Something happened. Yeah, the, we, we got we got dead air there. Something happened. I, I apologize to our listeners. Um, he's gone, and I just tried to get him back, and nothing's happening. I'm just gonna assume Corey wanted to fuck as soon as he got those tag titles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, uh, NWA Wildside, Larry. Let me ask you a question. So when you think about that era, because I remember arriving in Georgia. 2001, and I would read your reports at Wildside, and I've said this to other people, that it was the one show that I felt like I couldn't match right away. You know, every every other show I saw, I was just like, eh, I can train a bunch of guys and get get our show there, easy. But Wildside was the show that I first read about through your reports, and then I attended, and I just went, oh, my God, like, I'm so far away from being able to pull this off. When, if you had a boiled down wild side to 10 names in no particular order of importance, and I know that's a brutally unfair question. When you think wild side and you think 10 names, what are some of those names? Uh, I think we've got Corey back, but I will tell you, of course, uh, AJ Styles. People yeah. we touched on, AJ Styles, Jason Cross, Onyx, Rain Man, Rick Michaels, David Young, uh, Jimmy Rave, Tony Mamaluke, for me, I, re- I really enjoyed his time there. Um, golly, it's hard to, you know, it's, once you start listing them, Air Paris, it's, you could go on for a long, a long time. Um, mm, mm, mm. Well, Corey, you know, I was just having Larry. I was, I was having Larry name guys. Like, if you had to think of ten guys that you think of NWA Wildside for you, though. So, what are you going to be doing at the Wildside reunion? What are you going to be doing? Do you know? Um, from what I hear, um, and I don't know if this is official. I don't know though, but I, from what I hear, I think I'm wrestling Rick Michaels. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, we were gonna do. I think we were gonna do a blackout tag team thing, but I don't think Murder One's going to be able to make the show, so um, I think from what I hear, I'm wrestling Rick Michaels. I don't know if that's official yet, so I might have to drop wow. a bomb show before I was supposed to. But, that sounds yeah. awesome. I, I was hoping for a blackout <clears throat> reunion, but I saw Murder is booked for uh, that, uh, I think, that Freedom Pro in Jeffersonville. Yeah, Indiana, I think he's so, doing something yeah. different, so yeah. Um, we were going to go, we were going we to try to do a um, I, I think we talked about for a minute we were going to try to do a Blackout Lost Boys or a Blackout TNT or perhaps a Triple Threat, but I don't think that's going to happen now. So, uh, <laughs> so Rick Michael's going to have to pay the price. 
We're gonna we're gonna do holy wars all over again. Not not really. Like I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna bust them <laughs> open like that, you know. I was gonna well, you know, Rick Michaels has the body of a booker now, so he's <laughs> 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 that in trouble. <laughs> he's gonna be sorry he bought those nice new pretty lights because he be really like, Oh, I can see every I can see every knuckle mark on his face. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Uh, yeah, I, I saw I saw pictures of the uh, of the arena man, like what he did to it. Oh, um, you know, I saw pictures of it on Facebook, man. That, that place looks looks amazing, man. I hope the outside still looks the same, though. That's kind of part of the ambiance of the it building. It does. It does. <laughs> Except, they, <laughs> Except they, they, uh, they, they cut a hole through the uh, wall to make, like, a, a window for the box office, though, to the outside. So they, that's, oh, that's nice. one change. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. And then they could pave that bitch and have it be like a drive-through. No, <laughs> two tickets, please. It's like no, no. It, 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 uh, Steve, it, it wouldn't be right if that thing didn't turn to one giant mud hole every time it rained and cars would get stuck. That's I'm part of the you. legacy too. I'm telling you. Yes, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna miss the show. I, you know, I got I got to be the the last thing that happened at Anarchy. Um, you know, Jeff bouncing me around a cage. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the building means something to me too, but, uh, Corey, uh, I'm, you know, I wish you the best of luck. I think that wild side reunion is just going to be a ton of freaking fun. And it's so wonderful that you could come back. I don't, I don't think it would be quite the same if you weren't able to come back. So I'm glad you're able to come back. Is there, is there any last things you want to say? I mean, anybody listening, man, like, if you want to be a part of a special night, just come check that out, man. Like, you don't want to miss that. It's going to no. be a good night, man. I, I, a lot of a lot of the a lot of the wild side guys from back in the days are going to be there. A lot of them that I've already talked to that I know that are going to be there. I mean, just just come check it out, man. It's going to, it's going to be a good weekend, man. Absolutely. I mean, they're doing panels. You know, they're going to have all kinds of great stuff, and you know they're going to bust out a ton of surprises on that show. Absolutely. And plus Big Biz. <laughs> Big Biz. Big What's Biz. What's Big Biz like, going to do? Biz is going to be there. Everyone else needs to show up because Biz is going to be there. He's going to be in the building. That's crazy. I didn't even know that. I'm so I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime Jeff gets ornery when we talk and he's just like, oh, you know, I'm in that building all the time. And I'm like, Big Biz is going to be there, Jeff. And he's just like, <laughs> All right, that's pretty exciting. I ain't seen Biz. I mean, I want to meet Big Biz. He sounds like that dude, man. He just sounds like yeah, that he's dude. Yeah, he's that dude, man. He's he's that guy. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on, Corey. You did you did Wildside Proud before, and I'm sure you're going to again. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, guys, man. Thank you, guys, a lot. Y'all take care. Thank you. Big Biz, Larry. Did you know Big Biz had it like that? I, I didn't know he. You know, I heard the stories, but I didn't know if it was if it was true that he really was a high roller. I mean, I knew that was the storyline, but interesting. Man, I th- I think you might need to get a hold of Big Biz. Call him on the gold plated phone or something. And see if we can <laughs> talk to some Big Biz. <laughs> Because, you know, oh. I have an investment opportunity for Big Biz. <laughs> Get him up for some money. Well, where are you going to be this weekend, Larry? Where are you going to be? Possibly just chilling in Chattanooga. But if I'm not chilling mm-hmm. in Chattanooga, then I'm going to be at PCW to see that aforementioned sure. tag match. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, awesome. Sure. I mean, you know, I'm, I'll have more updates. Um, uh, for those that don't know, I'm going to be promoting the Gary Michael Capetta uh, one man show here in Orlando, but he's also going to make an appearance in Georgia and in Tampa, I believe. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in the upcoming weeks. Um, next week, our show's already lined up. Is it not Larry? Luke Hawks it will be our special guest. Uh, and we'll talk more wild side uh, reunion next week and some other st- interesting stuff. I'm sure with him. Yes, and maybe we'll even have a little contest. I was thinking maybe we'll uh, we'll play a promo from the Wild Side era, and we'll see who can guess um, who cut the promo, and uh, and and what is in reference to. 
So oh. I thought that would be a, kind of an interesting thing to do. So Sounds fun. for those who are wild side diehards, and there are a lot of them, Larry, if you ever do a search about NWA wild side, people have a great deal of affection for NWA wild side. Um, well, they should. you know, yeah, I think, I think anybody who watched it from that area, Cornelia will definitely be there. And even some people who, just caught wild side on TV around the country. I would love to hear from somebody who is going to travel to come see the wild side reunion show. Cause I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be a special night. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, we will see you next week. You know, Larry, and you know how we do, we might take three weeks off, but then we'll just be back. Bop, bop, bop. So next right. week we're going to be back for the second bop. And, uh, <laughs> We'll, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about a few things, but maybe next week we will. And so for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum, and thank you for joining us on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.